Hello, and welcome to the Simply and Fiercely Show, a podcast for women who want to clear their clutter and create space for freedom and joy. If your life keeps getting bigger, but not better, keep listening to learn about decluttering from the inside out. It's about creating a life that's aligned with your values and priorities, so you can have more of what matters and less of what doesn't. I'm your host, Jennifer, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. It's Jen here, and welcome to episode six of the Simply and Fiercely Show. Today, we're going to have a chat about clutter cycles, why they happen, and how to break them. But before we dive in, I thought I'd just mention that this topic was actually requested by someone on Instagram. So I thought I would just um, just quickly say that if you're on Instagram, then please come say hello. My username is simply fiercely. That's all one word. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge social media person, but I do hop on there fairly regularly to, um, you know, share tips about decluttering and minimalism occasionally, <laughs> occasionally personal updates, but I do try to stay on topic. So decluttering, minimalism, simple living, etc. Um, yeah, so if you're curious, please feel free to come say hello. I take questions, so um, if you're listening to this podcast and there's something that you want to hear more about, please come let me know, or you can just ask me about anything that you're curious about, just um, within reason, please. <laughs> okay, so back to today's episode. As I said, we are talking about clutter cycles. So first things first. I just really want to define what I mean by this term. Yeah, so we're just all on the same page. So when I say clutter cycle, I am talking about yo-yo decluttering, right? Which is a bit like yo-yo dieting. I think everyone's probably a bit more familiar with that term, which just in case it's when you diet and then you gain weight and then you diet and you gain weight again. And look, I don't really want to go on about you know, dieting too much in case that's triggering for anyone. But I think you get the idea, right? It's when you are stuck in some sort of loop, working towards any goal, really. And it feels like you're taking two steps forward, two steps back, you know, and and just not getting anywhere, just not getting towards the goals that you want. So specifically, when we're talking about clutter cycles, what usually happens is that people make some sort of progress decluttering, um, you know, they take a few bags of stuff and they, they take it out of the house, um, but then they end up shopping again, <laughs> right? And what happens is that time passes and before you know it, you kind of feel like you're back where you started. So if we look at the question that I was originally asked, um, which specifically it was, how do I stop this cycle of decluttering and then buying things again? Okay, so... We're going to talk about that. I'm really going to break it down. I'm really going to break down why it happens and what you can do to stop it. But first, I want to point out one really important thing. If if you feel like you're stuck in one of these loops, one of these clutter loops, it's not automatically a bad thing. Okay, so yes, I know it might feel really frustrating because, you know, you might look around your house and you feel like you're doing all this work and you're not making any progress. But I just think that it would be, I guess, wrong of me to not mention that, I guess, we're all human, right? We're only human. And sometimes, often, who we are changes with time. 
So I actually read this great quote the other day. Um, it was in a blog post by Claire Baker. Um, if any of you know her, she or, or haven't heard of her, she's an Australian coach and she actually teaches about menstrual cycles and how to live in tune or how to live better in tune with your body. But anyway, this blog post that she wrote was about, um, about the way that people change with time. And, and specifically, she's talking about, you know, coming out of the two years of being in the global pandemic and just coming out of that and how people have changed. Um, and she shared this quote that really spoke to me. So I'm just going to read it to you. It goes, um, we're not the same persons this year as last, nor are those we love. It's a happy chance if we, changing, continue to love a changed person. Okay, so this quote, and I'm going to ruin this name, it's very embarrassing, um, but the quote was from W. Somerset Malham. In case I'm spelling that wrong, uh, saying that wrong, it's M-A-U-G-H-A-M. Um, but I'll link to the blog post in the show notes for anyone who wants to read it. But as I said, the point is that people change. And when we think about this with regards to clutter, it makes, it, it makes sense that the things in our lives, our physical possessions, are going to change too. Okay, so, you know, like maybe your body has changed in the past few years, right? Lots of people have experienced that with COVID and lockdown. Um, or maybe your hobbies have changed, right? I swear, everybody's picked up new hobbies and making bread and painting and things. Or, or, you know, maybe your values have changed. Okay, so the things that you used to think were really important, the, used to, the things that used to really matter to you, um, you know, you've reevaluated things and maybe now those things aren't imp as important as they used to be and something else matters a bit more. Ultimately, there are like a million ways that we can change. And if you need to change your stuff in order to feel, you know, like you're living true to yourself, then I just don't think that you should feel bad or guilty about it, okay? So for example, as some of you know, I've, I've talked about it before, I am in the middle of doing a year-long shopping ban where I'm not buying any clothes. I think I've mentioned that every episode, so sorry. Um, but I know that might sound great to some people, that it sounds like a really admirable thing to do. But I want to point out that if I tried to do that, you know, a few years ago, um, it would have been horrible. There's no way I could have done it. And it's because I had two kids, right? I had two kids in four years. And during that time, my body completely changed. So I bought new things. I don't feel any guilt or shame about it. And so like sometimes the changes aren't as obvious, like your, your body changing, but your life changes and it's okay to, you know, change the things that you need. <laughs> so back to the clutter cycle, I guess I think what's really important is that it comes down to the awareness behind your choices. If you are in a cycle of decluttering and buying new things and you feel like it's happening because you are changing as a person, that's okay. Or you might not even be changing, but you're just figuring out who you are, right? So um, again, like after I had my second child, especially my body completely changed and I had to learn how to get dressed again, uh, which I know might sound very dramatic, but it really, it really felt true to me. My body was so different, um, you know, from the first nearly 40 years of my life. And I just had to figure out how to dress it again. And that process, that learning process meant trying new things wearing them, realizing, you know, what made me feel good when I was comfortable, and then having to let go of what wasn't working. So that is absolutely normal. And I support anyone who's going through this and, um, you know, figuring out what you need, yeah, from your clothes or your hobbies or you know, even your kitchen or <laughs> anything in your life. 
The problem is when we don't learn from what's not working. Which brings me to the number one reason why people get stuck in a clutter cycle. Okay, so it is a lack of clarity about what you want or need. So any of you who read my blog, um, or probably, I probably even mentioned this already in past episodes of the podcast, will have heard me say this before, but I'm going to keep repeating it because it is so, so, so very important. People, like one of the number one reasons why people have clutter is because they're not clear on what they want from their homes and their lives, right? So as I said, if we go back and I'm talking about my post-baby body, I went through a stage where I had a lot of like um, clutter in my closet, right? So I've had a minimalist wardrobe for like, I don't know, 10 plus years now, probably since like around 2012, yeah, 10 years now. But during those years after having kids, it was when I had the most clutter, the, the biggest challenges with my closet. And it's because I wasn't clear on how I wanted to dress myself. Okay. I didn't even, I didn't know what style looked good on my body or what was even comfortable to wear. Right. So, or if we, we go beyond the closet and we look at other examples, you might, it could be simple. Like you just don't even know what style of decor you want to use in your living room. You know, are you like, and I don't know anything about interior decorating, so sorry if this sounds silly, but like, you know, are you farmhouse? Or are you like coastal or modern? You know, if you don't even know, um, because most people actually don't fit into these uh, tidy boxes, is it? It's more your own style. But if you are still confused about your own style, if you haven't sort of dialed down on what it looks like, then you're going to end up with clutter because you'll buy things that you think are your style, but then it's not quite. <laughs> actually, here's an example. Here's how it all relates to the clutter cycle. I think this is very relatable to most people. You walk into a shop, let's say Target. <laughs> we have that in Australia and I know how big it is in America. Um, you walk into Target and you see a picture frame that you like, right? Just something on the shelf and you're like, oh, that's beautiful. You feel attracted to it. I really like this picture frame. I'm gonna buy it and I'm gonna take it home. But then you get home and you realize that the frame doesn't really belong anywhere. You like it, right? Uh, but you move it around the house and no matter where you put it, you're kind of like, mm, that's not, mm, I don't really like it there, right? So it doesn't really belong. And then a few months later, you end up decluttering and that frame that you liked, but don't really love after all, ends up decluttered, okay? So then a few weeks later, you're back in Target and the same thing happens again. You buy something else that you like, you get it home and it doesn't really work for you, okay? So here we can see the clutter cycle in progress. And for most people, what happens is that you end up fixating on the stuff, right? Something didn't work, whether it's in your living room or your kitchen or your closet, something that you bought, you know, didn't quite work. And you think the problem is you need to go shopping again to find something better, right? But the problem is where we are getting stuck, how we are getting lost in the clutter cycle is we don't even know what better means. Okay? If you haven't figured out what it is you really want or what you need or what you like, then how can you know what better is, right? You just keep randomly buying things and then, oh God, that's not quite right. And then, you know, the cycle continues again. So to stop this, you need to press pause, okay? As I said earlier, I'm not saying that you need to stop buying new things, that buying things is bad, that you should be this extreme minimalist who doesn't ever buy anything. But what you need is to start thinking intentionally about what you want. Before you go shopping, at a bare minimum, you should write a list, right? Be 
clear about exactly what you need. And you know, if you're a little confused sometimes, um, one tip is to look at the things that you're decluttering. So if we go back to the picture frame example, if you loved it, but it never worked in your house, ask yourself why. Was it the color? Was the design too modern? Try to figure out why it didn't work for you so you can stop making the same mistakes, right? And then you break the clutter cycle. Okay, so moving on, the next reason why you might be stuck in a clutter cycle is you are an emotional shopper. Now, before we go too far down this road, let me just preface this by saying I think almost everyone is an emotional shopper. Why? Because we are all human, right? And we all have emotions and they tend to influence the things that we do. And I just want to point this out because I think there's some really negative connotations associated with being an emotional shopper. And I don't really think it's fair or helpful. And here's why. If you already identify as someone who's an emotional shopper and you think it's a negative thing, then you're just going to feel guilty or ashamed, right? And when you have those feelings, then it's hard to address the issue, right? Nobody wants to feel guilty. No one wants to shame. No one really wants to look at the things about ourselves that we feel is embarrassing or bad in some way, right? So we don't want to look at why we emotionally shop. We just kind of want to pretend it doesn't exist. I did that. I was a massive emotional shopper. And what I actually did is I went the opposite and I embraced this identity where I was like, I love shopping. Like, um, like one of those extreme shoppers, like I used to post these memes on Facebook, you know, like life is short, buy the shoes, ha ha ha. Um, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I guess it was just like me. I was overcompensating. I was so embarrassed and kind of ashamed about being an emotional shopper that I kind of went this other direction and pretended like it was, I thought it was the most fun thing in the world just so I wouldn't feel embarrassed. Anyway, though, so that's if you are an emotional shopper, if you identify as an emotional shopper, you're going to feel a bit, it's going to be hard to manage if you think that it's something kind of wrong, morally wrong about you. Alternatively, if you don't identify as an emotional shopper, if you think that's not me ever, um, that can be a problem because it's kind of like having a blind spot. It's like when you say, oh, that doesn't apply to me, so I don't have to worry about it. When in reality, it's probably more of a gray idea, gray, gray area, right? And you can't fix what you can't see. So um, on that other extreme, if you pretend like you never emotionally shop, then you can't try to, to fix it or control it. I don't even know what the word is. It's not really fixing. Nobody needs to be fixed, right? But I guess it's just, again, everything, so much of what I talk about is awareness, right? So back to the clutter cycle, keeping things on track here. Emotional shopping is a problem um, with regards to the clutter cycle because if you think about it, if you are buying things as a way of, not a way of, let's say if you are buying things in reaction to an emotion, okay, so you're buying things because it's your way of dealing with stress or you're buying things because that's how you deal with feeling, you know, insecurity. If it is driven by the emotion, then it does not matter what you declutter, does it, right? Because on a deeper level, it's not about the stuff. What you buy isn't really that important. Instead, it's how you feel when you're shopping. Okay, so, you know, as an ex-shopaholic, I can say that it is almost like a drug sometimes. Okay, so even if you aren't addicted to shopping, even if you don't identify as a shopaholic, that isn't to say that you don't 
occasionally indulge in emotional shopping as sort of a way of taking the edge off of what you're feeling, right? I think everybody does to some extent, and that keeps you in a clutter cycle. So how do you break it? Again, I've said it a million times, it's all about self-awareness, right? Because when you realize why you're emotionally shopping, okay? So are you doing it? Do you go shopping after you have a fight with your partner? Do you do it, you know, every time you get overtired, then you just make, you you shop to sort of, I don't know, get some adrenaline um, or whatever. Again, a million different reasons is different from every for everyone. But once you identify it, once you identify your emotional triggers, then you can take steps, you can recognize it and take steps to deal with those emotions in a way that doesn't involve shopping. And then there you go, you break the clutter cycle, right? Or at least one aspect of the clutter cycle. Okay, so um, as promised, there are still two more reasons why people get stuck in a clutter cycle. And the next one is outdated beliefs or habits. Okay, so what I mean here is that people in general have a tendency to live by certain rules, right? So like it might have been something that you were sort of intentionally taught, like your parents taught you sort of rules of life, um, or it might be might be something that you just sort of like absorbed as a member of society, you know, things that we see culturally on TV or whatever. So here's a few examples of what I mean. Um, you may have been taught that it's sort of normal, it's just normal, that's what we do, to upgrade your wardrobe every season, or that it's weird to wear the same outfits all the time. Um, another one would be, or that, you know, just popping into the shops to have a little browse every weekend is just a fun way to spend an afternoon. Or that people judge you as a person by how your house looks. Now, to be super clear, um, you know, these are just a few different things that you may or may not believe about life. And I'm not debating whether they're true or not, or whether they're morally right or wrong. Okay. But what I am suggesting is that we should all consider our beliefs and ask ourselves if they're helping, if they're supporting us to get the outcomes that we want. So for example, Let's take the belief, you might sort of think it's weird to wear the same outfit all the time, okay? Again, I'm not morally judging it, like, we all sort of have a, a, a standard, right? So like, you might, there are some people who wouldn't go a month, you know, wear the same outfit twice in a month, and that's normal for them. Um, or there's some people who would feel it's like weird to wear the same outfit twice in a week. And there's other people who would wear the same outfit every day. Um, and I guess that that's kind of the point. What I'm saying is that whether you believe it's true or not, you're correct. There's going to be someone who thinks you're weird and someone who's not, right? So in a way, it doesn't even matter what you think. Either way, you're going to be right and wrong. So what I invite you to do, again, is to think about the life you want. If we're thinking in terms of clutter, do you want to be constantly buying clothes each year or not? Okay, maybe you do. Again, I'm not judging you. I'm just asking you to think intentionally about what you want. Because what I find is sometimes there's a conflict here. Like someone says, I would love to do a shopping ban for a year or I'd love to minimize my wardrobe. I would love to have these certain, you know, I want to simplify my life in these ways, but I don't believe in repeating outfits during the week. Or I believe that we should update our wardrobe every season. And you can see that there's a conflict there, 
right? And so ultimately, what you need to do is decide, you know, what you want to change, okay? So you can either change your goals, like you can, it's kind of like having your cake and eating it too, right? You can't have two things that are sort of contradictory be true. So you've got to decide, do you want to change your goals or do you want to experiment with changing your beliefs? Could you try on new beliefs and see if you could get more comfortable with them? Okay, so this is something I know I'm going a little bit out there um, and maybe I will eventually do a whole episode about this because honestly, it's something that's been such a, um, had such a huge impact on my life. But I guess for just right now, just be open to the idea that you can decide what you believe about shopping um, or just about stuff in general and then you can use that belief to break the clutter cycle, okay? Because just remembering you know, obviously there, there are some things that are black and white, but for most things it's gray. Okay. And you can choose what you want to believe. You can choose that people are judging you when they come to your house, or you can choose that they're not right. I mean, and and you probably never even know. (laughs) So you can just make that sort of decision and decide what you want to care about or not. Okay. So I'll leave that there. As I said, maybe I'll do another episode um, about that, or, or that is something that we talk about in my group program. Um, I'll tell you more about that at the end of this podcast, but I do have a group decluttering course and we talk a lot about our beliefs and the way that they influence our clutter. But for now, um, let's quickly move on to the final reason why you're stuck in a clutter cycle. This is a big one. You have what might be considered unrealistic expectations that lead to a constant need to upgrade your life. Okay, so Let me start by saying that this is something I am very familiar with. And it kind of starts with what I call the decluttering permission slip. It's almost like some sort of unwritten rule that when you're decluttering, you get to reward yourself by upgrading and getting nicer things. I've talked about this before. I can't remember what episode. Um, But anyway, it's almost like this hyper fixation on less but better right? It's like, yes, I will happily declutter my 10 pairs of jeans, but then I'm going to go shopping and I'm going to buy the best, most perfect pair of jeans in the universe. Okay. Um, I don't know if anyone, maybe that's just me, but this is something I used to experience all the time. Okay. And, and this is what happens again, in my experience, I would go out So I've decluttered 10 pair of jeans and now I'm shopping and I'm feeling really good about myself. It's like, oh, I can go shopping because I got rid of all this stuff that I don't wear. And so I buy this pair of jeans that I think are going to be a miracle, right? They're expensive usually. Um, And I'm like, I'm going to buy these and they're going to be perfect and I'll never be, I'll never need another pair again. And I'm going to have this perfect minimalist wardrobe and I'm going to pat myself on the back. But then, you know, after a few wears, um, Ultimately, I must always find some kind of flaw, right? You know, just some way that these jeans are not living up to my most perfect pair of jeans in the universe expectation. So, you know, I'm a bit disappointed, but I'm like, all right, still patting myself on the back. I downsized from 10 pairs. What I'll do is I'll run out and I'll buy another pair, okay? Because, again, I'm still feeling good about myself. Um, But the same thing happens, right? This next pair, again, is not the most perfect pair in the universe. And the cycle continues, right? Nothing lives up to my expectations. And before I know it, I have 10 more pairs and I'm right back to where I was started. So if you can relate, how do we stop this? It starts with looking at our expectations. Okay. This is big. Anytime you're shopping and you want to buy the best of something, 
you've got to be a bit mindful that you're not expecting a miracle. <laughs> Again, I say this with kindness because I've been there, right? So with the jeans, I was never satisfied because I had this vision that I was going to buy a miracle pair that was going to fix, you know, fix, quote unquote, my post baby body, right? Um, or I used to have the same one, like my kids weren't sleeping when they were babies. I thought I would buy some kind of like sleep gadget, some sleeping bag or some new pajamas that was going to magically fix it. My, my hopes and expectations I was pinning on each new purchase were, were just a sky high, right? Outrageous. Um, another place we see that in the kitchen, like I do that all the time, like I see like some kitchen gadget, especially, you know, those infomercials. I don't watch those as many um, now thanks to things like Netflix. But, you know, you remember those old school infomercials like all oh, this chopper, right? The special blade and suddenly it, your life is going to be 10 million times easier. But, you know, I guess it's things. OK, look, things we buy can improve our lives. Absolutely. I'm not going to deny it. But there are limits, aren't they? Aren't there? There are limits. And sometimes we have to realize when we've reached them. Instead of constantly searching for something that make our that might make our lives the tiniest better, tiniest bit better, or the tiniest bit easier, we just have to realize enough is enough, right? We've got to say this is good enough, right? And that's how we break the cycle. Because if you're always looking for something a tiny bit better, you're going to be stuck forever, constantly searching, constantly decluttering, constantly upgrading. But you've got to ask, it's sort of like that law of diminishing returns, right? Like how much energy am I putting into buying new things, spending money, decluttering constantly, looking for something that might make my life that bit easier? Okay, so how do we stop that? Again, as I said, um, you just need to, to ask yourself, you know, what are you trading off? Just ask yourself, is this worth it? Have I reached a limit? Have I reached a place where enough is enough? All right, so um, those are my thoughts on why we get stuck in the clutter cycle and how to break them. And as I said, if you enjoyed this episode and you want help putting these tips into action, um, my group program, Clear Your Clutter, is going to be opening soon. It's my sig signature, oh God, I can't talk today. Um, it's my signature decluttering course. I've helped hundreds of women from around the world and um, we tackle the physical clutter in your home the clutter in your schedule, so how to be less busy, and also shopping, how to scale back your shopping so you can spend in a way that's better aligned with your values and your goals, okay? So we do this work twice a year. There's a full pre-recorded program which you get lifetime access to, um, but each time we open the doors, there is um, eight weeks of live calls plus an online community where you meet like-minded people and we all work together to clear your clutter hence the name. <laughs> I'm not very creative with naming things. But anyway, it all kicks off soon. Doors open in the first week of July. And then um, I think the calls, I'll have to double check the dates, but then the calls will start a few weeks after that. So if you want to learn more, please check out simplyfiercely.com slash clear your clutter, all one word. Um, and I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Um, and if you go there, then you can read all about the program and you can also get on the wait list so you don't miss out because it's only, um, I think it's like nine days when the doors are open for enrollment and then the program shuts down and it won't open again until next January. All right, so that's all for today. Enjoy the rest of your, the rest of your week and thank you for listening. All right, bye for now. Ta. 
Thank you for listening to the Simply and Fiercely show. If you want to learn more, you can download my free mindful decluttering guide and learn all the secrets that help me go from shopaholic to minimalist. All you need to do is visit simplyfiercely.com backslash free guide. That's all one word to get instant access. Until next time, thanks again. 